Good morning, Skylark Church, and welcome to Sunday Online. We hope that you've enjoyed the sunshine this past couple of days and that you enjoyed celebrating VE Day. It's been really lovely to see so many pictures of you guys online celebrating with your streets and with your neighbourhoods in a socially distanced way, of course. We'll be back at the end to pray with you and also to share a few updates about what's been happening in and through the life of the church. But before then, I have the great pleasure of introducing today's speaker. He's my friend, he's a worship leader in the church, he's a leader in the church, he heads up discipleship. He's an authentic guy who worships in and out of season. Open your hearts to hear from him today. It's F.A. Udugba. Hey Church Online, it's F.A. here. Hope you guys are doing well. It's such a pleasure and a privilege to speak to you uh, about a topic that's actually really close to my heart. I remember speaking with a friend of mine um, when we were trying to get, we were getting to know each other back back in the day and we went out for a dinner and um, we ended up having a sushi in Brick Lane of all places. Yeah, Brick Lane is great for a curry but for a sushi it's a bit hit and miss. Um, but we spent some time kind of getting to know each other, speaking about what God was doing in and through our lives, through our families and what plans and purposes he may have had for us. And I asked him a few questions and I remember him just turning to me and he paused and he said to me, F.A., follow Jesus well. And that had been, that resonated with me. That's something I've taken throughout my life since that moment. In the mountaintop moments and in the valleys, I've asked myself, F.A., are you following Jesus well? And we follow the things that influence, influence us in a positive way, don't we? Whether that be artists, musicians, uh, politicians, uh, personal trainers, um, actors, whatever it may be, or whoever it may be, we follow the people that have some sort of influence over our lives, whether that be past, present, or future. And I'm following someone at the moment um, during this period of lockdown in terms of training he's a personal trainer and what I love about him why I follow him is that he plays old school house and garage music which you know takes me way back and gets me really pumped when we're working out and that's the thing that resonates with him from him to me that's our connection that's that thing like of course I want to look like him he looks amazing but it's that nostalgia feeling that I get that makes me want to follow him and this sense of following influences comes from such a young age. I remember when we were kids and we used to play Power Rangers or Turtles or WWF. Before you play with your mates, each one would pick who it was. You'd hear, oh, I'm Red Ranger or I'm Blue Ranger. I think for me, I kind of always defaulted to being Black Ranger. Now, I don't know whether that I don't know what that was all about. Maybe there are some influences you just can't help but choose. But there are some things in them uh, that you see yourself in, either they, that you see yourself in them or they are people that you would like to be in the future. And growing up as a kid, uh, I was someone who struggled with insecurity and um, low self-confidence. Now, you would not have known that if you had known me because I had mastered the art of faking it before I made it. And that was because I followed the infamous Johnny Bravo. Now, if you don't know who Johnny Bravo is, he's a cartoon character who took himself way more seriously than anybody else took him. But he had a confidence and a self-assurance that I could only have dreamt of as a kid. And I remember watching his lines and going up 
uh, and looking in the mirror and saying, hey, good looking, sprechen Sie love. And if, you, if you've watched it, you'll get it. But if not, just run with me with that. But it was that thing that he had, that confidence, that self-assurance that a seven, eight, nine-year-old FA would resonate with. And I followed that. You know, when I read the Gospels, the thing that really fascinates me when I read the stories about Jesus, what fascinates me is around the stories of when he calls his disciples to follow him. And I've always wondered, like, what could that have been like to leave everything you've ever known, to drop your livelihood, your community, your family, leave everything behind and follow Jesus? What would, ha what would it have been like? What would that feeling have been like? What would have had to have resonated within you when you saw him that made you be like, that's it. I'm going to drop everything and follow him. Now, we find in John chapter 1, John the Baptist is making the way for Jesus and he's preparing the way. And with him, he has two of his own disciples. So John is there. He's proclaiming that Jesus is going to come. And actually, in that moment, Jesus walks by. And in the NLT version, it says that John stopped. He looked and declared, look, there's the Lamb of God. And the two disciples that were with John left John and started following Jesus. And now I wonder what could it have been that they would have seen in that moment that would have been, that's it. That's what we've been looking for. And maybe the beginning of the book of John can help us with that. Maybe give us an indication of maybe what they saw when they looked at Jesus. And let's pick it up from there. So John chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Nothing, without him, nothing has been made that has been made. And I think this is the crucial part. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Maybe when John's disciples looked at Jesus, they saw two things. They saw life and they saw light. Maybe they saw a life of hope, a life of strength, a life of meaning, belonging, acceptance and purpose. And maybe they saw a light, the light of all mankind, that shadows out, that, that blinkers out all the darkness in our own hearts, all the pain, the shame, the anxiety, the desperation, depression that we can also, they can all carry sometimes. Maybe that's what they saw when they saw Jesus. Maybe they saw light and life. Or well, one of the disciples, one of John's disciples who left to follow Jesus was a man named Andrew. Now, Andrew is someone you want on your team. He is the guy with all the hookups. When all the good things come out, you can trust Andrew to be the one to tell you this is a really good thing. You need to jump on it. And Andrew runs. The first thing he does is run to grab his brother, Simon. And he says, Simon, look, man, we found the Christ. We have found the Messiah. We found the thing we've been looking for. And, in it's, and it's in this calling of Simon, Andrew's brother, that I think shows us exactly what Jesus wants for our lives when he invites us to follow him. So we pick it up here 
this introduction, this moment where Simon meets Jesus for the first time in John 1, chapter 42. I'm going to pick it up here. He says, Jesus, looking at him, that's Simon, said, You are Simon, son of John. From now on, your name is Cephas or Peter, which means rock. You see, Jesus did something that Simon would never have thought would have happened. He gave him a new name. He gave him a new label. He re-established his identity. Now, you may be thinking, hey, look, I like my name. My parents gave me my name. I love that. And I fool you. My parents gave me more than one name coming from an African household. In fact, I've got, name, I've got a name so long that I had to ask for extra paper in exams just so I can get it down before I start. Listen, I feel you on the name. But there, if you've lived life for even just a short while, there are names that we pick up and carry on the way that are not from God. Names like unwanted or unneeded or failure, disappointment, all of those names that we can carry, not good enough, unworthy, that we carry and we believe to be ours. See, Jesus wants to step in when we follow him, when we choose to follow him, he wants to step in and interrupt that thought pattern, that thought process, interrupt that vision of our identity and realign it to that which comes from God. See, he wants to reestablish who he called you to be right from the beginning of the world. You see, he says that in our, before we were born or formed in our mother's womb, he knew us. He knew who we were, who we truly were. And when we come to follow him, he brings us to that place of realignment. He reestablishes our identity and he wants to do that for you and for me. He wants to take the names that we have and put them aside and give us his name. He wants to change our names from accused to accepted. He wants to change our name from rejected to reconciled. And he wants to change our name from lost to loved. See, this is what Jesus wants for you and for me, to realign us back to who we truly are in him. He wants to give us a new name. Secondly, he wants to satisfy our wiring for worship. So let's pick up the story. Peter's like, mm, yeah, rock. I can go with that. Yeah, I love that. So you see this, we, as we read the story, we see Simon and Andrew, Simon now Peter and Andrew start to follow Jesus and they start to hang out, hang out and start to build relationship. And in fact, one time Jesus goes to Simon's mother-in-law's house and she's sick at this point with a fever and Jesus comes and he heals her and she does the thing that any mothering host would do. She's like, I'm going to feed you. So she gets up and she's waiting table. She gets the rice out, the scones out. She puts the cakes on. She puts the yams on. Everything's cooking. And Peter's like, what's going on here? She doesn't treat me like this. Something's changed. See, Jesus and Simon have this relationship, are building this thing, but it just seems as if Something in Simon is just not fully committed. 
His heart's not a hundred percent there. So, you know, he, he speaks the language and he's kind of getting involved in it. But up until this point, we know that Simon is a fisherman. You know, he's a fisherman. He's got his own business and maybe he wants to build his identity and his purpose and his life around that. But there is just this something about Jesus that that bubbles, that brings something to the surface in him. That he's just like, oh, there's something here that all this other stuff is great and I want to pursue that. But this Jesus, there's something about him that resonates with me, but I just can't fully commit. I don't know if you've ever ever felt like that, if you've ever experienced that before. Question I want to ask you this morning is, have you ever had that itch that has never really been fully been able to be scratched? Have you ever had a thirst for something or a hunger for something that's never really fully been satisfied? I know for me, sometimes I think, oh, I want to get a burger. So you get yourself sorted, you jump in the car, get down to the drive-thru and you get the burger. And once you've finished it, you're just like, oh man, it just didn't hit the spot. You see, that's what it's like for our spirit, our our spirit that lives within us. See, each one of us, we have a spirit that is eternal and comes from God. And it's like a blinker. It sends out signals and it's yearning to connect with that which it knows to be home. The eternal connecting with the eternal. But when we are looking for that and we don't find it, we we start to substitute. We start to try to fill it with things that could never satisfy. It could be our material things, it could be hobbies, our expenses, our pleasures, but they never really fully satisfy. They never really fully quench that thirst, that hunger of the human soul. You can think of it a bit like E.T. when he's phoning home, he's phoning home. And that's what our spirit does. It phones home most of the time. But we never find the thing to fully satisfy it. We can never find that thing to fully quench that thirst. And that's where I think Peter is at this moment. And he's trying to feel all that stuff in. And he does the thing that we all normally do. We fill it with the things we do. We fill it with our focus or our careers. And this is kind of where Peter is at. And I think Jesus knows that. So Jesus wants to meet him exactly where he's at. So he turns up at his workplace in Luke chapter five. And we're going to be reading from the, uh, the Passion Translation because it's, it's a beautiful translation. It says, on one occasion, Jesus was teaching to the crowds on the shore of Lake Galilee. There was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with the fishermen nearby rinsing their nets. Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter and asked, let me use your boat. Push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished, he said to Peter, now row out to deep water and cast your nets and you would have a great catch. Now, Peter is a uh, a fisherman by trade, he knows the water. So he says here in verse five, master, Peter replied, We've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you insist, we'll go out again and let down our nets because of your word. 
When they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish, so much that their nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business partners on the other boat for help. They ended up completely filling both boats with fish until their boats began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, Go away from me, Master, for I am a sinful man. Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, Jacob and John, the sons of Zebedee, were all struck over the miracle catch of fish. Jesus answered, do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. From now on, you'll catch men for salvation. After pulling their boats to shore, they left everything behind and followed Jesus. You see, just one encounter with Jesus changed Peter's life forever. See, all his efforts for fulfillment, all his efforts to fill his life with all of this external stuff was knocked on its head when he met Jesus. The longing of his, of his heart was met when he found Jesus. All the striving, all the enduring, he said he worked until the point of exhaustion. Some of us are working our lives to find fulfillment, to find satisfaction, to be the picture-perfect family, to be the picture-perfect individual to the point of exhaustion. And Jesus wants to come into your life when he invites you to follow him and place him in this rightful place and tick that God-shaped hole that is designed for relationship with him. Just one moment with Jesus changed Peter's life forever. Jesus wants to satisfy that in your heart today and my heart. He wants to take that God-shaped hole and fill it with love and passion and purpose and relationship with him. And finally, I think in Jesus's invitation to us, he wants to, what he wants to release in your life is a partnership for his purpose. I love the fact that Jesus says to, P to Peter, hey, let me use your boat. He's like, look, let me come into your situation. Let me build relationship with you and you will be amazed to see what I could do in and through your life. You see, one of the greatest gifts Jesus gives us and Peter was the opportunity to partner with him for the, re the redemption of the world. You see, a life following Jesus is about transforming our own hearts, but it's all about being transformed to help transform the other people around us, the world around us, one life at a time. The creator of the universe chooses to partner with you today, chooses to partner with your life to display his glory, to bring people into light and life. Now, in those moments where he speaks to Peter and says, from this moment on, you're going to be catching men for salvation. He spoke life. He spoke purpose. He spoke direction into his life. Now, I want to speak to you this morning. If you've ever felt that your life has been meaningless, if you've ever felt that your life has just been a byproduct or you've been a, uh, a mistake, if you've ever been put that over your life, I want to tell you today that Jesus values you so much. You have so much value, so much to the fact that he valued your life above his own and went to a cross to, to die so that you could have life. And he rose so that you could partner with him. So your life is meaningful. Your life is powerful. It means something and it's part of his whole redemption story this morning. 
See, Jesus in his invitation to follow you, to follow, for us to follow him, is our invitation to be a part and to partner with him for his purposes and to find purpose for our own lives. See, this is great. God wants to interrupt your identity. He wants to satisfy your wiring for worship. He wants to partner with you for purpose. But there is a cost. And that cost is the cost of sovereignty. Jesus wants, the only thing he asks us for is for us to surrender our sovereignty. There can only be one captain of this ship and he chooses, he he asks us to lay our lives down and trust him. I love this where he says to Peter, Peter, go out and do this thing. And Peter's like, hey man, I know that I've been doing this all my life. I know, but if you say, just on your word, I'll go out and I'll do it. And then the miraculous happens when we relinquish control of our own lives and we say, Jesus, you take the will. We give space to God for God to do incredible things in and through us. And I know that might be quite difficult for us to hear. Some of us are holding on to control over our lives. But the opportunity for light and life is when we let go and we let God. And that's an opportunity and that's an invitation for you and me today. So again, it's so cool to spend this time with you. Jesus wants to interrupt your identity. He wants to wire, he wants to satisfy your wiring for worship. He wants to release you into your purpose and partner with you in his purposes. But the cost is conceding control. And will you think about that today and in the coming days? The opportunity and invitation for light and life is available for you and me. Many thanks. just take a moment to respond to what we've heard this morning. I know that FA's message will have touched each of us in different ways this morning and first of all I just want to extend that invitation that he was talking about to you today to come and follow Jesus. Maybe you're listening to this and you haven't actually begun to follow Jesus, you've been skirting around the edges and wondering whether it's time and maybe this morning you feel it is time to take that step that first step towards following him. I'd love to pray a prayer in a minute um, for you to join in with, just an opportunity to take those first steps towards him. Maybe you have been following Jesus for some time, but with everything that's happening around us, you just feel like you've lost sight of Jesus a little. Uh, Perhaps he's working on stuff in your identity. Maybe he's been redefining or reshaping your purpose. Uh, I'd love to pray for you this morning and just to remind you that Jesus is interested in every detail of your life today. He cares and he wants you to continue to just take those baby steps of following him. Yes, even in these unknown times, even into uncertainty to keep trusting him and to keep following him forward. So let's pray. Jesus, today... I give you my life. I give you my heart. I choose to follow you forward, to follow you forward into life in all its fullness. 
You may not have promised an easy life, immune from suffering or pain, but you have promised a life with you, a life where you walk beside me and lead me forward into all that the future holds. And so today I place my hand into your hand and I trust you for my future. And I ask you to be at work in my identity to reshape my purpose. And I surrender my dreams, my desires, my talents, my gifts, all that I am and all that I have to you today, knowing that you are Lord of my life. Amen. Amen. Now it is time for us to give you some exciting updates that have been taking place in the life of the church over the last week and to let you know of some of the things that are coming up in the not too distant future. Firstly, because it was VE Day on Friday, we were able as a church to put together these amazing afternoon tea packs and distribute them across the community. You know, they were amazing. They had little cakes in there, they had little scones or scones if you prefer, they had little packets of jam and tea bags. They were phenomenal and so many people have felt loved and cherished because we were able to distribute those. Hey, thanks to those of you who are in the cars, popping them around. Thank you to the bakers who made it happen. Isn't it great that we're able to love people at times like this? Let's continue to do it, church. Secondly, it's been a year since the men went away to the Lake District. We were due to be there this weekend, and unfortunately, obviously, we can't be there. And so what we did this week is to have a Men of the Church Zoom. It was great to come together to worship, to share a short message, to reminisce, and to plan ahead for what's coming next year. It was brilliant to stay connected, even though it was just for a short period of time. You know, some of you may be feeling disconnected at the moment, and the way to plug in is to find opportunities to connect, even in the ones, twos, threes, tens, just get involved in some kind of Zoom call with people, and you'll find it really lifts your spirits and it does you good. I'm sure that you'll agree that prayer is one of the most important things that we can be involved with right now. And as we do each year, we are taking part once again as a church in Thy Kingdom Come. If you're not sure what that is, it's a global wave of prayer for 10 days in the run up to Pentecost starting on the 21st of May. And we are going to, as a church and as a church network, sign up to that. There'll be more details to follow from our wonderful prayer pastor, Sue Gibson. Sue has just been amazing, hasn't she? Each day posting different suggestions as to how we can be praying at a time like this, because sometimes it's difficult to know where to start. Well, she's gonna help us and guide us all the way through the Thy Kingdom Come Prayer Initiative. But I know that one of the things she will encourage us to do is as we're taking our daily exercise for those 10 days to use that as an opportunity to prayer walk. So as we're passing different houses um, on our streets, in our neighbourhoods, to be praying for those people that are represented behind those closed doors, but also to pray for our wider world as well. So more details to follow on that. Yeah, that's going to be so exciting. You know, this week in the life of the church, something new has launched, which is great. Last week, the parents, parents were involved as Lindsay launched Courage and Flourish, or an introduction to it, online for our kids. But this was the week 
in which the parents weren't there and actually those things were taking place. So courage and flourish to build self-esteem, to help the kids know who they are, who they are in God, how valued they are, how important they are to him. It's beautiful that we've been able to launch that online, isn't it? You know, network-wide, something's been happening as well. Amy stepped down from leading Connect Church in Paisley, and we are really excited to announce that this week, Zach and his wife Holly and their two children have joined that church to be the senior leaders there. We're really looking forward to meeting them in a way that isn't just online with a camera, but actually is face-to-face. But it's exciting that God is on the move and he's building things. He's building his church just as he promised he always would. Yeah, that's absolutely right. We can't wait to meet those guys. Um, Moving on, we have received some really wonderful feedback of people who have been blessed and really touched and impacted by the pastoral prepaid shopping cards that we've been able to deliver as a result of your generosity into that offering. There'll be a second wave of giving over this coming week, um, but we just wanted to pass that on to you. It's a big thank you to each of you to know that at this time you are really holding close, loving and reaching out with generosity to other members of our church family. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for that. The final thing is that next Sunday evening at 7pm we will be gathering again for our prayer and worship Zoom. It's a beautiful chance to worship together, to pray together, to see each other's faces. Hey, if you normally Zoom on a phone, you're only going to see four other faces. Get on your laptop if you can, on your computer, so you can see up to 50 people, because it's just lovely to connect in that way. We can't wait to see you there next Sunday evening at 7. You know, that wraps up the updates. That wraps up the things that are coming on the horizon at the moment. So the final thing for us to do is to say that we love you very, very much and we miss you. Big time. Can't wait to see you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.